Hey, Hello. In three talks, seven. It's been a minute, but we're back. Yes, uh, you've been gone for a while, and so uh, tell us a little bit June, what has happened. Yeah. June. Yeah. Hello. What has Number happened two. since then? We applied for a couple of large grants that we didn't win. Mm -hmm. Tell me why um, we didn't win. What do you think? Uh, why? Uh, I think that one of the grants I actually I tweeted about today. One of the grants I think we didn't win because we don't we don't we didn't scale, we're not large enough. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I think it touches back on something that I've said a few times about uh, um, money, mm -hmm. money and capital. And it's not just money for money's sake. It's money because money allows you to scale, right. right? And being able to scale and be able to do a bunch of other things. Um, Kind of give you give you leverage and give you opportunity to kind of go after deals and go after opportunities in ways you simply can't do when you're small. Mm. So I, you know, that that was a clear reminder. Another another one of the opportunities that we lost out on is I, I think it's we're we're not structured the way that I think that they wanted the organization that they funded to be structured. Because when I looked at the structure of a bunch of the organizations, you know, they just had a lot of infrastructure in place that we don't have in place yet. Well, let me let me push back a little bit on that because you do, and this is part of this entrepreneur confidence building, right? Because at the end of the day, you have the structure, you have the physical infrastructure, you have the content infrastructure, yeah. uh, you have the manpower. Yeah. Yes, you do because technically you have all the instructors, you have, you have the right, instructors, you have techs, but you have all the, the the so when you look at. Um, Sometimes, in retrospect, you kind of look at the proposal, the, the RF, RFP, and then you're like, okay, how, so if you had to go sit across the table from the grant, um, uh, the procurement agent or grant officer, uh, how would you sell yourself? Because you remember you had to do a, a two-minute video for each one yeah. of them, right? But, but like I said, I mean, honestly, I feel based on looking at the folks that won, mm -hmm. um, it was clear what they were looking for, and we're not that. What was I mean, it? Uh, what? What was it? I, be I personally believe that they were looking for organizations mm -hmm. that have been in the space for multiple years, much longer than we have, mm -hmm. um, that have a fully developed board, because mm -hmm. most of the companies that won had a fully developed board. Mm -hmm. Also, surprisingly enough, most of the organizations won had received a fair bit of money in the past. Despite the fact that the grant stated specifically that they wanted to address the lack of funding for smaller organizations. Mm -hmm. So in retrospect, like I said, by me looking at it, it, it's not like we don't have the content, the curriculum, and all the other things to kind of execute. Mm -hmm. I felt that they were looking for um, organizations that had more of the back office infrastructure. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yes, which you're heading towards. Right, which yeah. I'm not saying yeah. we, yes, we're definitely heading in that direction, yeah. but if you look at the list of most of the companies that have won, they've been around for a while, much mm -hmm. longer than us, mm -hmm. and they just have more of that kind of back office infrastructure relationship kind of network um, and I think that's kind of more what they were looking for. So I have a clearer understanding of what they were looking for, despite what was written in the, in the, uh, in the grant application. So, you so. know, one of the things that we talk about is about um, diversity, yeah. inclusion. And let's talk about it a little bit more without being too controversial about mm. certain things, right? Mm. Because at the end of the day, the underserved. So if, if a, uh, a foundation or any organization is giving money, under the 
quote entre guillemets the underserved the yeah. diversity inclusion fund mm -hmm. and so on what does it mean for black people it, to be honest it means we get marginalized again Give us a little bit more of your thoughts. It's just easier to push us to the edge. I mean, it's even, even when you hear people talk about it, um, by just lumping everybody into underserved, mm -hmm. it's still, you, you still bring in all the inherent biases that people have anyway, mm -hmm. right? So I can say I'm focused specifically on women. I'm addressing the underserved, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. how do you, but even you'll hear, you know, if we just take the women issues, mm -hmm. there, there's, there's black women, there's white women, there's gay women, there's lesbian women, there's like, there's so many different, mm -hmm. you know, permutations of underserved mm -hmm. that um, you can go a long time for black people to get to the top of the list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just mm -hmm. as simple as that. Um, so, but then because of where we are as a country, right mm -hmm. saying i'm going to do something specifically for black people becomes problematic for a lot of folks um so then now you're at this place well i'm going to do something for black and brown people mm -hmm. right you spread it a little bit wider and then mm -hmm. maybe some more people will come on board and then you can say well and then then you jump to the kind of underserved and then the underrepresented and then the right so like an argument is um you know the rural midwest is underserved mm -hmm. right okay that's right. Right? So, um, you know, mm -hmm. people would argue that there's certain areas in the Deep South where there are, you know, individuals who are not people of color, mm -hmm. that are living low to poverty level, that have been, you know, yeah. their communities have been struggling for years, as industries moved away, they're underserved, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So there's a whole lot of folks in this country you could serve, yeah. who are considered underserved, and never serve a person of color. Right. right. And so it's, it's hard to... Um, in terms of from your mission which is not necessarily saying i won't serve those kind of, like i mean i won't serve you know uh, a certain mm -hmm. community what you're saying is my target market is and my niche is black people right african americans african diaspora or not and it could be brown <laughs> black and brown people but because some of the organization would say well we're only focusing on latinos or latinx or whatever um so the, how do we start addressing the problem? The interesting, the, 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 I want to touch, the interesting thing on that is you can go around and you'll find Latinx events that are okay. Mm -hmm. You could have Latinx spaces that are okay. But you want to have a black thing. That be, I, I haven't figured out, like I said, why this country still can't accept that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not taking away from women organizations, I'm not taking away from Latino or Latinx-based organizations or Asian organizations, or any of organizations. I'm just saying for some particular reason, mm -hmm. when you want to have an event specifically focused on black people, and I'm not even gonna say black and brown people, I'm gonna say yeah. black people, yeah. it becomes problematic, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that, you know, it just is what it is. You know, something that uh, just crossed my mind, it would be perhaps interesting to see if we can have a dialogue, right? with a Latinx organization leader like yourself, right? But who's focusing and having that conversation, but we can come back to it. Um, I'll say from the proposals that uh, the, the, the grants that mm -hmm. you've applied for, what has happened? 
since June because it's been a while, right? And we talked a lot about uh, the future written in code project that uh, is, is still in the works to be launched. Uh, you had a closed innovation mm -hmm. lab, the innovation um, lab that you had uh, a wonderful lady that won the grant. Um, so what, what has happened for the summer? So nothing's happened for the summer. <laughs> I mean, we've, the, the, the harsh reality of it is that we've had funding issues throughout the summer. Um, our primary funding source is pretty much dried up. Um, we have been drawing capital from our other businesses to keep this place afloat. And unless we resolve our capital issue, we need to figure out um, how, to have, how to maintain this business. Basically, how to have a sustainable operation of I and three DC. So, in the first five, <laughs> like eight minutes or so, we talked about two capitals. One yep. is the relationship capital, yep. and the second one is the financial capital. And so, what does this what does this mean to you as an entrepreneur? Because at the end of the day, you've been grinding and you've mm. been building one company, the second company, and the third company, and you've understood. You've always been focused on the mission, the product, the deliverables, but you also have now learned that the, there is a necessity of capital to grow, which yep. you've mentioned earlier, um, and also the relationship capital, which I reprimand you all the time about this yeah, relationship yeah, capital that. issue, yeah. right? So, you know, and we just before starting this discussion, you talked about a capital, relationship capital dynamics. So I want to go back to that without giving out names, without really pointing out the companies and so on. Say how, or share with us how you would, how you have, what is as an entrepreneur has been your shortcoming in relationship capital building? My shortcoming is, I think part of it is kind of how I came up, right? So I came up, up I would say for like, or in the, in the New York ecosystem, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it's funny because I hear this from other people. I literally just heard it from someone last week that the the capital in New York, yes, money, but also it's really just getting shit done, mm -hmm. right? Getting shit done is valued very highly there. Mm -hmm. In this ecosystem, who you know is valued probably the highest above and beyond everything else, right? Mm -hmm. You could be grinding away, but if you don't have the right relationships, mm -hmm. no one's going to come hunt you down. If, in a lot of other ecosystems, if you're crushing it, someone will find you. Yeah. It's funny, I spoke to, I actually spoke to one of the entrepreneurs from In3 Labs today, um, and that's literally what she said to me, mm. right? She was saying, you know, I'm just working hard, I'm working hard, I'm working hard, you know, I know eventually I'm going to get the money, you know? And mm. I was like, I don't know if it works quite that way, yeah. <laughs> right? right. I said, you know, yeah. you need to figure out a way to work hard, work hard, work hard, but go out there and kind of, you know... Um, Make sure you're getting proper exposure so that people know you're working hard. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that for too long, I had my head down, right? And I kind of was naive enough to believe that, hey, I'm working hard. Eventually, someone's going to find me and we're going to get to where we need to go. Mm -hmm. And it just simply doesn't work that way. I didn't. I clearly didn't invest enough. I didn't... So what is, I took a class once and someone said, if you're doing a presentation and the audience doesn't understand you, it's your problem, Indeed. not theirs, Indeed. right? Indeed. And so this is my problem, mm -hmm. right? 
I could be upset at, you know, the ecosystem I'm in. I could be upset at a bunch of other people, but it's like, I didn't deliver a product they want, mm. right? I didn't build the right relationships to be successful in this ecosystem, right? So I have no one to blame for myself. So um, it's not bad. It's just a lesson learned, right? right? And that's the point is I'm, I'm, not at, I'm not at a point where I'm angry at anyone, mm -hmm. right? There's things I miss. There's things I was blind about. One of the things my business coach was, said was that I've gotten into relationships in the past where my goals and objectives were not aligned with my other partners. Indeed. Right? Yeah. And so I, although from my emotional side, I could be frustrated at the outcome, mm -hmm. but I have no one to blame really but myself, right? And, and this is kind of where it's this whole reality of like, these people aren't my friends, right? Yeah, right? This is about making business decisions and asking hard questions and getting people to sign documents and make commitments that uh, too often I was just like, well, we're all on the same page. Mm -hmm. And I just moved forward under that assumption. Um, and I'm not saying that anyone did this maliciously. You know, everyone just came to the table with their own um, own agenda. Right. right. And, and you know, here, you know, because entrepreneurship is a journey. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's not the same as working for a company. So as an entrepreneur, the relationship capital is. And I'm not sure if I would agree with you. And so I'll push back today oh, well, a little bit in terms of whether you're in New York or whether you're in D.C. or in Chicago or wherever you are. I do believe in relationship capital matters. Yes, it does. But mm -hmm. I would argue that in some ecosystems, the relationships are, I be, are overvalued. Now, maybe overvalued is not the right right word, but there's a, um, if you have to wait, like you have a waiting, a waiting system, mm -hmm. <laughs> in some ecosystems, the relationship is weighed more than in other ecosystems. Perhaps at a certain level, but if you want to grow as an entrepreneur, you have to knock at the door because you're the one who... I'll give, you another, I'll give you another data point, right? If you think about the companies that are kind of popping in, in um, like in New York and, and maybe even the Valley, a lot of them are driven from a technical side, right? Now, I doubt those coders are running around making friends with people, right? But they accomplish something, people recognize they accomplish something, and then the relationships came, right? And I know you're about to push back. Yes, I'm going to push back because be it the coders, perhaps they have co-founders. So there's that variable. They have, they might have one. I would say even before they leave right? that far. Yeah, no, but here's the thing. Most of people do networking, like the hackathons and so on. You right. meet people, you can meet, you don't know who you meet, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but once you met them, like I have a great mentor who always says, it's not just because you don't go networking, you go relationship building. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, even in your case, you have met tremendous people, mm -hmm. right? But have you really built that relationship, but right? I, you're right. Because it's I not, haven't. Exactly. And but so it's because, you, like anything, you need to continue. Like, for instance, you code, right? Mm -hmm. You always say, and, and, and I've seen you, is that you go in the, from layers to mm -hmm. layers to layers of, uh, you call it even the deep dive mm -hmm. in your future written in code in terms of going, mm -hmm. you need to do the same deep dive in relationship building, regardless of where you are. Right. Right. Right? Let me say this another way. What is valued in a relationship differs in each ecosystem. 
that is maybe that's a better way to articulate it, right? So in some, so like for example, in this ecosystem, mm -hmm. if I knew a lot about government policy, my value is a lot higher. I don't believe this ecosystem values tech the same way other ecosystems value tech, right? And so because of that, mm -hmm. and I think they reflect itself in the lack of capital. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm certain if you did a deep dive here, people leave here to get capital, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> because they don't believe that this ecosystem values the tech enough to invest in it, right? So they go somewhere else where someone will pay for it. So to me, by default, that implies that it's not valued as much here as it is in other ecosystems. But if, it's, <laughs> so if you I'm, have if, to show your value. Right? You're right, so, but if my value is in tech, mm -hmm. if that's my strength, mm -hmm. right, then one would logically assume that I would be more valued in ecosystems that value tech more than those that don't value tech. Irregardless if they say it, there's a difference between saying it and acting upon it. Right? Agree. I mean, there are many, many... Uh, right? Yes. And so that's probably a, a better way degree. to explain what I'm saying. To a certain degree. But where yeah. I, I, I may again push back is the fact that, so as an entrepreneur who's creating an ecosystem, the tech is is a technical capital for building a product. Mm -hmm. The technical the tech ecosystem that you're creating is because tech is an enabler to a solution for mm -hmm. existing problems. Mm -hmm. And so, you who's a, a I call it tech mm -hmm. guru of, mm -hmm. of, of all, um, it, uh, is you're creating an ecosystem for, if I may say, black people. Mm -hmm. Uh, black and brown people to create an ecosystem for them to actually be contributors of these mm. solution providers. Um, become if you go back to your earlier in mm. three talks, you talked about um, te creating technologists. Right, so to you know, just to feed the support of the um, uh, workforce development to support other entrepreneurs in the ecosystem who don't have the technical capital, and then it's also to create technologists to actually go fill jobs that exist in the ecosystem. Yes. Right. So. And the tech startups, the mm. innovation lab even. That's something that you are committed to. So from your relationship capital, you as a businessman is the one who has to show his value. And, you know, again, and we're going to come back to this whole relationship mm. capital uh, uh, at some point. But I wanted to make sure that we talk about this. At the same time, talking about the relationship capital, the, the financial capital, you have remained here for X amount, understanding that the value that you understand or have, a, you believe that there, the value has not been shown to you. What is the what is uh, what does resilience mean to you then? I don't understand the question. So you've been resilient because yes. you have you yes, so. even at the beginning of this uh, the conversation you said. You have you have been able to invest from your business mm. your to actually make this ecosystem to continue mm. building this ecosystem. Mm. What, why? Because you can fold and say, look, you know, yes. I'm done. I'm, right. I can, I can you don't have to down. invest right. in you don't have to invest three years of your life <laughs> building this ecosystem. Do you? I mean, you know. So why? Um, because I because I I had seen a light at the end of the tunnel. Right. I believed that there was a destination. Don't get me wrong, there's times I didn't believe there was a destination and I had considered kind of just punching out. Um, but, you know, I'm, you know, this week, right now we're having this conversation, I'm still holding on and, try, and trying to kind of get to the end of this journey. 
Um, but it's, it's definitely a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. So, but why, so what, why are you committed to this destination? Because simply, really it's as simple because I started it and I don't want to fail. It's really that simple. Hmm. It, it, nothing other than that is I don't want to look in a mirror and say I failed. What would be failure to you? Um, Not having creating the ecosystem? Is it that uh, the whatever you're building right now is not growing at the rate that you want? What is failure? What is that failure? How do you define that failure? To me, failure is if I have to shut this down and there's no, and there's there's nothing that my the next step is not a place that I want to be, mm -hmm. then that is failure, right? If if it's a it's like they like they say when there's a forest fire, mm -hmm. a control burn <laughs> to kind of like right. minimize the overall damage. Right. If it's a control burn mm -hmm. of like basically shutting this shit down because I know I'm saving a, a much more worse scenario, mm -hmm. then that's okay, mm -hmm. right? But if I can't and it shit just burns down, that's that's that would be failure, right? Mm -hmm. So if I if I it, the way I look at it is like it, the word that was overused before a lot was pivoting right? right if it's a subtle pivot but still kind of leads me along my path and this is just something i had to go through to get me to that for that next step that's okay that's that's kind of what i meant by a control burn right interesting yeah. no 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 why uh, are you saying interesting like that no we'll talk about that more uh, because <laughs> i know we're, we're, we're getting so. to the 20 minutes but but the point is i mean i have spent a lot of time as you know over the last i mean a lot of this summer yeah. was spent on that was like did I fail? Did I fuck up? What could I have done differently? Um, you know, but at some point you realize it really fucking doesn't matter anymore, mm -hmm. right? Right. You've gone through it. You've learned your lesson. What are you going to do next? Right. Right. right? Because as you're I, a problem solver. Yes. Right? And also as an entrepreneur, you can't spend a bunch of your time worrying about that shit. Right. Because does it really matter? Yeah. It's, it's already gone. <laughs> yes, it's gone. And what matters is what's up in front of me. So, yeah. I mean, it brings me all the way back to the very first time um, I got interviewed by a reporter from Washington Business Journal, and he said to me, because um, he asked me, he's like, you know, this in three thing, you know, what are you going to do if you can't get the money to keep it going, mm -hmm. you know? And I said, I'm going to do just what exactly what every other entrepreneur would do if they can't get the money. They shut it down and move on to something else. I mean, and I, I kind of was, I, I need to stop saying, I don't know if offended was the word, but mm -hmm. it's like, like, if you ask that question to any entrepreneur, what do you do if you don't get the money? What do you expect them to say? Right. Right? right. I'm going to start this journey. I know I need capital to make this happen. Yes. I'm going to try my best. Yeah. And if I can't get the money, then what do I do? I shut it down, just like any other entrepreneur would do when I move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Right? It's just that simple. Well, it's not that simple. Why is because it not that simple? Because you have invested your energy and your time, You're right, but, but it, at the same time. Because if it was that simple, you would have done it a long time ago. If, well, I, other, I mean, not if I did not thing. think that there was, the whole point is once you realize you're out of options, mm -hmm. you got to just let the baby die. <laughs> well. <laughs> That's kind of a bad analogy, but right, right, no, because right. the point is some people get too emotionally connected mm -hmm. to what they're doing that it just gets in, the, it becomes a blind spot, right? And they don't see that it's just not going to get there. But it's right? the mission and vision that you, that you are committed to. The strategy changes based on the realities right. and the, but, uh, the factors that come into play. But 
I know from the discussions mm-hmm. we've had, I've known you for quite some time, is that your mission remains the same. Right, the mission remains so, the same. How You're right, how we execute to kind of accomplish right. the mission is what matters. Yeah. But the, the point is, you know, there might be certain ideas and concepts and things that we thought would help us get there. Right. That along the way, you just got to realize this shit ain't working and just cut it loose, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's kind of like when we meet with entrepreneurs and you're like, hey, this is a good idea, but you're never going to scale. It's never going to grow. And I know you think it's great, but you just got to let it go, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. There's certain things that we've tried, certain ideas that we had in the beginning when we started down this road that is just not going to get us there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, honestly, the biggest one we've learned the last week is you know, chasing grants is just not, is just not the way... To get to where we want to go yeah. and the unfortunate thing is and this could be a much longer conversation is that there's too many grassroots based organizations focused on black and brown people that are just running around chasing grants and are never going to get to where they want to go yeah. um you know i i i mentioned you that recent article from cheryl dorsey who kind of wrote mm-hmm. about what happened to her down in uh, charlotte you know she had to shut it down had yeah. to find another model you know, when you're seeing this similar behavior in other cities, it's just like at some point, um, can't just look back, people carry all this shit on the back, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, all of the folks who say they're committed to diversity and inclusion, and that's probably the problem, it's such a big, you know, amorphous thing. Right. You know, I could be committed to diversity and inclusion and be pumping million dollars in it and a penny never find its way to a person of color. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And this is the challenge, I think, the between the... Because... The challenge between financial capital mm. and the relationship capital. Yes. Because uh, often enough, and this is why we, I asked the question earlier about this whole underserved. Because now the underserved, if black people are part of that pool, and that pool is, is becoming s- smaller and smaller. Because yes. right? everybody's and jumping into it. That's why you talked about margin, they're going to end up being marginalized. Yeah, because, marginalized. Yeah. Everybody's in the pool now. Exactly. Right? Like, who isn't underserved? Right. And so the underserved become even more underserved. The underserved become almost a majority. Exactly, exactly. And so this is a a, a lengthier discussion. The underserved majority. Yeah, it is. It is. But we're gonna come back to this. Uh, I know we we need to close because we're at our twenty five minutes. How do you? How do? What do you think? what do you think of within 60 seconds or 120 second max? How can you tell your story better? How can I tell my story Because better? we just finished a meeting working on something that is part of that destination, mm-hmm. that mission. If someone was to hear this, this dialogue today. Which dialogue today? This right one now, right this now. one, right now. Yeah, <laughs> We're okay. having. Yeah, right. You t- you share the lesson learned. You shared about the importance of recognizing, mm-hmm. looking at yourself in the mirror, and having. The, and if they listen to all your past mm-hmm. in three talks, is about your journey. Kind mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, you're resilient. You're focused. You, you know where you want to mm-hmm. go. Tell your story better. If they have to hear it, then they say, you know what? He because he's done it, I can do it. Mm-hmm because he's doing something that is purposeful and mission-driven, I can invest myself in it, I can invest my money in it, I can bring my relationship, even mm-hmm. though I don't know Aaron personally, mm-hmm. I'm gonna invest myself to learn him. Tell your story in 60 seconds, because I think I just took your first um, I don't know if I completely seconds. understand the question, so. <laughs> Let's, why would anyone wanna invest in N3? I, I mean, I don't know if you agree with this. At this point, 
people who are investing in in three are invest uh, are investing in the mission mm -hmm. of what we're trying to accomplish, right? And so we this this I personally don't think that someone's going to invest. Well, they might. I was about to say I don't think someone's going to invest in in three just purely looking at the numbers, but um, I, <laughs> I I I think that. There's a, there's a vision that we have for what we're trying to accomplish that we need to make sure we clearly articulate to get the investors and the people on board to support us, mm -hmm. right? And I think that vision is tied into what you were saying before about connecting the folks in the ecosystem to pull it all together. Mm -hmm. That there's these like disparate pieces that are kind of floating around and it circles back around the ecosystem catalyst kind of concept that there's there needs to be money injected to help pull the pieces together to create the outcome that the people are looking for. And I'll go back to my final analogy for the sports people out there. There's a reason why every major league sports team has a farm system that they invest heavily in because they're cultivating talent that they know they're gonna make money on in the future, right? So I said so. The, the Major League Baseball is not building camps in the Dominican Republic out of the kindness of their heart. Mm. They're building camps in the Dominican Republic to identify baseball players very early on that mm. they can make a shitload of money on when they get to the Major Leagues. Right. Right? Right. That's right? right. And if you look yeah. at basketball, why is basketball going to Africa and yeah. all the third relations? Why is, yeah. like, you know, mm. soccer team, like, it is clearly business driven, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, from the business perspective, why are we not investing into the ecosystem, right? Because if, if you look at what an investor is trying to do, your goal is to get in as early as I can to get the, the biggest benefit, yeah. right? Yeah. But we're sitting around waiting for these diverse entrepreneurs to just magically appear all dressed up, nice and ready to go, instead of investing into the farm league, yeah. right? Yeah. So you make a much smaller investment early on, mm. right? Mm to cultivate and grow this raw talent, right? right. And yeah. then you can just, you can reap the benefits from it, which is exactly what these professional sports are doing, right? And that's why M3 exists. Because right. technically, so, 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 so it's not, at the beginning, I don't think you started with the numbers, thinking about the numbers. Mm. You have worked it out and so on and so mm. forth. Because based on our discussion earlier, the numbers are there. The numbers are there, but yeah. originally and we- And that's why you refined your model. Right. Originally, it was we just realized that by making this change here, by mm -hmm. cultivating this talent, we could have good stuff on the back end. That's right. Right? That's yeah. kind of how it started. But then we had to dig into the numbers and realize, yes, this really can make sense. Yes, yes. So, uh, until next time. Until next time. Now, it's Aaron Saunders in Three Talks number seven. Thank you very much. And if they want to contact you, in3.com, in3dc.com, in3dc, 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 in3d